Hey you, good morning. It is Monday morning, the 27th of November, 2023. And I hope you had a lovely weekend. I hope you enjoyed your weekend and you're fit and raring to go for the week ahead. This is The Papers, a rather simple podcast, Monday to Friday, taking a look at each day's newspapers in the UK. We start, as always, with the front pages. Let's look at the front pages then of Monday's papers. The Metro, we open with The Metro, which you will find as you traverse Manchester and Salford's highways and byways. You'll find it on the buses, you'll find it on the trams, in the train stations. The Metro is a free newspaper. It um, leads its front page today is adorned with many photographs of Terry Venables, who passed away aged 80. The former England manager, his death was announced yesterday afternoon. And as a football fan myself, I know quite a lot about him. He was an extraordinary character, larger than life figure. Had a wonderfully successful but very brief period as England manager in ninety in the mid-1990s. He led them to the semi-finals of the European Championships when England hosted Euro 96, he had an excellent team. They played great football and they were beaten as often as England so often are on penalties by the Germans. But Terry Venables, who played for Spurs, he played for Chelsea, he managed Crystal Palace, he managed QPR. He had a very successful stint as Barcelona manager in the mid-1980s. He's passed away and football mourns another great character. And there aren't too many characters these days, people who can be themselves, be entertaining, never boring. Terry Venables was never boring at all. I used to wish many, 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 many years ago, before the days of Sir Alex Ferguson, we used to think it would be great to have Terry Venables at Old Trafford. Anyway, the sun leads with another photograph of Terry Venables. One tell of a fella is the headline. He was dubbed El Tell when he was Barcelona manager. Same on the Daily Star. Three Lions legend dies aged 80. Farewell to El Tell. The mirror goes with the great showman, charismatic football star, passionate England boss, author, singer, hotel and club owner El Tell. Yeah, the boy could carry a tune as well. The Guardian, while it does have a photograph of Terry on the front page, it leads with hopes Israel and Hamas truce can hold as third exchange takes place. That is The Guardian. The Times stake in nuclear sites seized from Chinese could go to Abu Dhabi is one of the stories. But the main story on the front of The Times is Orphaned Hostage 4 is set free. And this is all about the hostage exchange. When I say hostage exchange, I mean that Hamas as part of the terms of a temporary ceasefire, has been returning hostages who were seized, kidnapped, if you will, during the October 7th attack by Hamas in southern Israel. In return, Israel has been allowing Hamas, allegedly, well, not so much Hamas, but Palestinians interned in Israeli jails have been left out. And one of the kids was the American-Israeli girl who was seized during the attack on the kibbutz, four years of age, he's been set free. That's a good thing. The Daily Telegraph, Sunak's deal with Braverman on migrants revealed. What's that about? Front page of the Telegraph. Uh, the Telegraph, uh, splash, if you want to call it that. 
says that Rishi Sunak struck a deal on migrants with the former Home Secretary Suella Braverman. Uh, the paper claims he needed her support during his leadership campaign last year. And the Telegraph says it has seen a copy of a pact which says the Prime Minister Sunak agreed to raise the salary threshold for migrants to £40,000 from £26,000. The broadsheet adds that Sunak has not denied discussing policy options with Braverman or the existence of a document, but Downing Street has rejected any characterisation of it as a deal. Yeah. Elsewhere, on the front page of the Telegraph, there is a photograph of Boris and Carrie Johnson attending a march against anti-Semitism which took place in London yesterday. We might come back to that in a minute. The iPaper front page splashes millions face higher taxes until election. That is self-explanatory. It says that public finances will not allow Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, to use the spring budget to uh, introduce a stealth tax, or to cut, sorry, a stealth tax. Let me say that again. The spring budget ahead of next year's election, um, finances as they are, will not allow Jeremy Hunt to cut a stealth tax and before the election then brag that, look, we are cutting taxes. That isn't going to happen according to the iPaper. The Daily Mail has a photograph of the uh, anti-Semitism or the anti-anti-Semitism march and the Mail headline is No war cries, no angry chants, just solidarity with the UK's fearful Jews. 100,000 march against anti-Semitism. Fearful Jews. I'm definitely coming back to that in a few minutes' time. Daily Express, Harry must hit out at cruel attacks on royals, is the headline. This is about the book by royal biographer Omid Scobie, which will be published later this week. It'll be in the shops. And uh, it, it's basically a, a call from the Daily Express to stop, for Harry and his wife to stop all of these attacks on the royal family. Financial Times, Hamas must find dozens of hostages if truce is to be extended. Some of the broadcasters are reporting this morning that Hamas wants the truce, which is due to expire today, to be extended. In return, it'll release more hostages. This will make up a lot of the radio and television news coverage this morning will be about this truce and the possibility of it being extended. So those are the front pages of the UK newspapers this Monday the 27th of November. Let's have a little look then inside the old papers and see what we can see. Some interesting things in there, there always is. Let me bring it up here. Let's uh, go inside the Times. Here's a headline. Hospitals recorded gender identities of newborn babies. Staff at two leading hospitals have been recording as a gender identity of newborn babies on forms instead of their biological sex. Where is this going on? Well, it's going on at Guy's and St. Thomas Hospital and King's College Hospital in London. Midwives completing discharge forms at these hospitals are said to have had the option of selecting only gender identity when trying to log the sex of babies. It comes after the implementation of a £450 million IT system last month. Now, the hospitals have apologised 
and they've put it down to an error in the new system and they're rectifying it as soon as possible, they are saying. It's a new electronic health record technology. It's called EPIC and it unites into a single system hundreds of varied IT systems. So all of these varied IT systems unite into one system. Discharge summaries contain important health information about the birth and are sent to the baby's GP and other health professionals. Now, a midwife working at the hospitals has said the hospital discharge summary is an important document for the baby to receive the best care from the entire NHS team. But we are talking about newborn and very young babies here. What on earth has gender identity as a concept got to do with them? It is ludicrous. As the midwife said, there was a climate of fear among some midwives with staff being encouraged to use terms like birthing parent instead of mother and chest feeding, not breastfeeding. Yeah. The NHS, according to the Times, has been criticised for removing the word women from guides on the menopause and ovarian cancer. The government, of course, has pledged to push back against this wokery in the service amid concerns that women's voices were being sidelined. Mad. Record the gender identity and not the biological sex of the baby. It's all a bit crazy, isn't it? Let's look inside the mirror. Have you been feeling a bit under the weather lately? Well, here's the headline from today's mirror. Brutal cold virus as it lasts for weeks, sweeps across UK and is worse than winter bog. It's a brutal cold, says the mirror, that patients claim is worse than any winter bug. And it's sweeping the UK this month, leaving sufferers bedbound for days and housebound for weeks. Could it just be a flu that's going around? I don't know. The mirror continues. The nasty virus has symptoms including fever, headaches, blocked noses, coughs and fatigue. And this is why I, I dug out this story this morning, dear listener. I've, I've said this to you many times on the Richie Allen Show. Increasingly, lazy journalists, writing for the tabloids in particular, are scouring social media sites to generate stories which are nonsensical and completely um, unsubstantiated, really, by any expertise. You'll understand what I mean by that. Unsubstantiated by expertise. I'm not saying we should trust experts all of a sudden. I'm not saying that. But at one time, at least the newspapers would get a comment from a virologist, maybe, or a doctor who specialises in respiratory infections. But listen to this. The nasty virus's symptoms, including fever, headaches, blocked noses, coughs and fatigue. One person shared their experience on Reddit saying, just coming off the back end of a brutal cold that's lasted about three weeks, during which my sinuses have been almost completely closed, relaxing only for brief periods while also producing mucus at an alarming rate. This is a user now. This is an ordinary person like you or me putting something on Reddit, right? Why is this news? They added, emerging from my bed this morning, I could breathe through my nose again. I could smell things. It still feels like somebody poured ready brick into the back of my face, but it's finally over and life is beautiful again. And of course, this is the narcissism that's running rampant in society now, where people who use social media sites actually imagine that they're mundane, brutally fucking boring, you know, day-to-day -day experiences are publish-worthy 
that they should be published, that people might want to read them. This is narcissism. This is this is beyond Andy Warhol. You know, everybody will be famous for 10 minutes or whatever in the future. People are so wrapped up in themselves now and their own experiences that they have been programmed into believing that their, as I said, mundane, brutally boring existence is somehow relevant to everybody else and should be shared with everybody. It's crap. And the media, of course, is fueling this by, you know, scouring social media sites and digging out shit like this and publishing it as news. And this is the reason I dug it out. This story was written by Chiara Fiorillo, whoever fucking Chiara Fiorillo is, and Alex Evans writing for The Mirror. Another user agreed. So not only are they publishing the random, you you know, um, outpourings of fucking idiots, right, who they don't even name, they then actually publish responses to the completely anonymous idiot who has written about feeling a bit bad. Another user said, I'm just emerging from it too. Bloody awful. Almost like flu. And one more chimed in. Chimed in. I caught it in October. I was bedridden for days and then spent another week housebound. This crap in the mirror. Crap. Brutal cold virus. It's serving a few different agendas there, isn't it? Bit of fear porn about viruses. And it's fueling narcissism. Jesus, I I can't bear people like that. Do you notice that on Twitter? People, do you notice that certain people tend to, they seem to be on Twitter constantly. Like they're never not on there posting stuff or replying to stuff or retweeting stuff. I mean, there must be other things going on in their lives, right? You know, things where they might have to get offline and do things in the physical world. Strange times we live in. Let's look at the Telegraph inside Irish police investigate Conor McGregor over riot tweets. So the the, the guard, Shia Kona, is reportedly investigating Conor McGregor, the MMA guy, over tweeting that he got involved in during the what the Telegraph calls far-right riots in Dublin last week. Now, the Irish capital witnessed its worst violence in decades on Thursday evening when anti-migrant jobs ransacked shops and torched police cars in the centre of Dublin just hours before three children and a creche worker were wounded in a knife attack. Far-right anti-migrant mobs. But the newspaper, neither the Telegraph nor the Irish Garda, the Garda Síochána, they have no idea who these mobs were that looted shops and they, they have no idea if they are connected to the, you know, genuine the genuinely concerned Irish men and women who are concerned about Ireland's migrant policy, which is a basket case policy, which has basically opened the door, you know, to anybody and everybody, not checking who they are. You know, young men who say, oh, we've lost all our, you know, we had to ditch all of our documentation and you don't know who they are, what they are, what they may have done, criminal records, nothing. And some Irish people are saying this is crazy. So it's a dangerous thing as well as it is putting unbelievable pressure on Ireland's very thinly stretched public services. So it's, a, it's not just really impacting public service, it's also dangerous. Because you don't know who these people are. And those are legitimate concerns, as I've said. But so people turn out to protest, and then you get these idiots then kicking off and having a row with the police. And you have to wonder about that, don't you? Because that, you know, 
always seems to happen. Nice people or at least ordinary run-of-the-mill people say, look, I want to have a say. Something is not right here. I want to speak about it. And in from stage right or stage left come these idiots all hooded up and throwing things. And that doesn't suit those with the genuine concerns about the migration. It suits only the authorities who want to brand everybody who's got an opinion these days, an opinion which doesn't go along with the establishment. It wants to brand people as far right, which is bollocks. So McGregor was tweeting about this. I don't think he tweeted anything too inflammatory. He did respond to Paul Golding from Britain first, and that, that's his, that's his uh, right, McGregor, to respond to whoever. Um, I, I personally avoid people like Paul Golding. I think Paul Golding is a bit of a scumbag, but that's just my opinion, right? Doesn't mean he's not entitled to his opinion or his say. But anyway, the Telegraph going with that story that McGregor and his tweeting has been looked at by the Irish police. Um, It's nonsense. I don't think McGregor tweeted anything as it could be construed as incitement. Nothing at all. Nothing in any way racist. So... The police can fuck off, basically, in Ireland. Uh, Micheál Martin, the deputy PM, Ireland's own electoral... Ireland's government is a fucking basket case. Speaking of basket case, right? It's a little merry-go-round in Ireland. It's pathetic. But anyway, um, he described McGregor as disgraceful. Yeah. Let's stay with the Telegraph. Final story from the Telegraph this morning. School children... (coughs) Excuse me. School children use AI to make indecent images of other pupils. So the story says, school children in the UK, according to internet safety groups, are becoming pretty useful at using AI and they are using it to create images of fellow pupils in compromising, so fake images, of the pupils in sexual situations. The UK Safer Internet Centre said it has begun receiving reports from schools that the children are making or attempting to make indecent images of each other using AI image generators. Not good, is it? The Child Protection Organisation said such images, which legally constitute child sexual abuse material, could have a harmful effect on children and warned they could also be used to abuse or to blackmail them. A guy uh, from this organisation has quoted David Wright, the UKSIC director, We're now getting reports from schools of children using the tech to make an attempt to make indecent images of other kids. It has enormous potential for good, does AI, but the reports we are seeing shouldn't come as a surprise. That is in The Telegraph. Here's a bit of wokery for you inside the Daily Mail this morning. The headline, Board of one of UK's biggest charities all face being sacked for being white and privileged amid an anti-racism diversity drive. One of Britain's wealthiest charities is changing its entire board of of trustees after branding itself white and privileged. (laughs) We are white, we are privileged, sack the board, 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 and they have, they've sacked themselves. The Tudor Trust, excuse me, a bit dry, I'm a bit dry, the Tudor Trust, uh, the Tudor Trust is undergoing a woke makeover that has meant stopping all grants for 20 months while it rethinks its future and staff learn about racial justice and white supremacy culture. The organisation, which has assets of around £288 million and gives about £20 million quid a year to good causes, was founded in 1955 by a bequest from Sir Godfrey Mitchell, founder of building giant George Wimpey, and several of his descendants are trustees. But they faced the sack. 
says the Telegraph, potentially ending the family's key role in the trust in the pursuit of social justice. Family trustees Matthew Donwell and his brother Benjamin seem likely to go. The trust is recruiting three or four new trustees, including a new chairman. That'll be a non-binary lesbian in a wheelchair, maybe. In the fir- Sorry, a black non-binary lesbian in a wheelchair, yes. In the first round of shake-ups, that will see a refresh of the board in its entirety over a 12-month period. Wonderful. <laughs> Where did all of that money... Where did all of that money from the Tudor Trust end up, that 288 million? It all went missing. What happened? Well, they sacked the completely competent board who were doing a great job of giving 20 million quid a year to worthy causes. They got rid of them because they were white and privileged and they put a fucking bunch of non-binary fucking leprechauns in. Yeah, sure, dwarves, non-binary dwarves, lesbians. And they didn't have a clue really how to manage money. They were chosen based on their characteristics and they basically spunked all the fucking money down a black hole. It's all gone. But anyway, but, but it doesn't matter. Diversity worked in the end. That's how it'll be. It's mad, isn't it? The Sun. Headline. Good riddance. Moment Tommy Robinson arrested at anti-Semitism march. Yes, Tommy the tit got himself prepper spayed. Sprayed even. Tommy the climber, the little opportunist who wants to be famous. As thick as pig shit, Tommy Robinson. Has to take his dick out to count to 11. He really is that fucking stupid, right? But his followers are idiots. They're even worse because they believe that Tommy... He's fighting the system, man. He's fighting the system, Tommy. Tommy's an opportunist and a lawyer, you know. I exposed grooming gangs. He exposed fuck all. He took the work of others. You jumped on the bandwagon and you tried to get famous, you racist little twat. And racist, of course, is not a term that I throw around very often. It's overused, of course, because we don't have a lot of racism in society, much of it is contrived or manufactured, claims of it anyway, in order to serve certain agendas. But Tommy genuinely is a filthy little racist, and always was. So he was grabbed, the organisers of the campaign against anti-Semitism, sorry, the campaign against anti-Semitism, this is vaudeville anyway. So the campaign against anti-Semitism organised a march against anti-Semitism, which doesn't exist in the UK. It does not exist. And I have proven this on the Richie Allen Show. Every study worth its salt in the last 10 years says there is no problem with anti-Semitism in the UK. There isn't. What happened was Hamas attacked southern Israel on October 7th. Not great. Terrible, in fact. Now, a lot of it is very hazy what actually happened, but Israelis were killed. There's no doubt about that, including women and children. It's a terrible thing. It is no, uh, it, 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 is, it is not in any way less worse than the death of a Palestinian man or woman. Murder is murder. Death is death. Human beings are human beings. Now, what Israel has done in response to it um, is an abomination. It is genocide. It is ethnic cleansing. 14,000 Palestinians are dead, maybe 6,000 children. The Israelis are trying to get Palestinians out of the Gaza Strip once and for all, in the opinion of this broadcaster. It is an abomination. But Israel is as Israel does. It is an apartheid state. Its leaders behave like Nazis. They always have done to the Palestinian people. That's my opinion. I'll be called anti-Semitic now for using the ethnic cleansing and the Nazi, uh, they'll say, trope. But it isn't a trope. You know, you call a spade a spade, don't you? So anyway, so what's happened? So, So hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have taken to the streets in recent weeks to complain 
to say, stop, please stop killing Gaza, uh, Palestinians. Please stop raising Gaza to the ground. Leave children alone. Stop it, stop it now. And bullshitters like the campaign against anti-Semitism, which is run by a little grifter called Gideon Falter, or what a little prick he is, they say, oh, there's been a rise in anti-Semitism. No, no, there hasn't been. There has been a rise in pro-Palestinian protests as a result of what happened since October 7th. There's no anti-Semitism. So it's all vaudeville anyway. Anyway, enter stage right Tommy the Tit Robinson. Now, the campaign against anti-Semitism and most other Jews on social media, at least most other Jews who said they were going to the march, they said to Tommy the Tit, you're a little scumbag, don't come anywhere near the march. Tommy did anyway and he was arrested and pepper sprayed. Do I agree with him being arrested? No. Do I agree with him being pepper sprayed? No. No. Of course I don't. I would be a hypocrite, wouldn't I, if I agreed with it. But it doesn't mean that I can't call him a little tit because he is a little tit. I interviewed the guy twice um, some years ago when he was in the English Defence League. Didn't go well for him, those interviews. He's a horrible little grifter. Anyway, but you know, it suits him. He's delighted now. He's on video being pepper sprayed. That galvanises his base. And he will, undoubtedly, he will acquire or he will accrue more supporters who are too fucking stupid to realise that Robinson is an agent of the state used to keep, divide and conquer working day and night. So that we all stand on either side of a divide, whether it's sex, whether it's gender, whether it's race, throwing stones metaphorically or otherwise at one another, killing each other over identity while the Great Reset plan just plunders ahead with little resistance to it. Tommy is an agent of the deep state, consciously or unconsciously. And there are many like him. It's not just him. Final story today, the Times, councils resort to giving homeless people tents. This is disgusting because the UK is allowing hundreds of thousands of migrants into the country every year, right? And more than ever, as you know, it's been reported in the press this week. Um, There's no emergency accommodation for British people who are homeless because it is being taken up by migrants. So councils are now handing British people who are down on their look at their lowest deb tents. Here's a tent for you. Here's a tent. No, we don't have any emergency hotel accommodation anymore because that's all full up of young men from, well, God knows fucking where, right? Yeah, that's in the Times today. It's all mad. Listen, join me at four o'clock today for the Richie Allen Show, which broadcasts, of course, live on richieallen.co.uk. It is live on the app for The Richie Allen Show. That's The Richie Allen Show app. Please download it via Google Play or via the App Store. Download the app, please, and do leave a review for it because it's very helpful. As I finish this, it is 29 minutes past 7 o'clock this Monday morning, the 27th of the 11th. That's November 2023. You've been listening to the papers from me. It's bye for now.